you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. There we go. Now it shows we're live. We got a good connection. As I was telling you off camera, I'm a little bit out of my element because usually I'm inside my office and I got a really nice setup and it looks like I got a fireplace going on behind me and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's it's a little bit different uh, this time when, uh, you know, when when you have uh, you're at it kind of out of your element a little bit. But it looks like we made it work. So I'm out here in Georgia. This is my first time now. This is uh, uh, Juanita. And I'm going to let you introduce yourself here in just a second. But this is our first time uh, being able to do an international podcast. Well, I, you know, I guess I can't say that. I have done one more. You know, I have a student that is a, a – I did a podcast. He's in Papua New Guinea. He's a missionary. Oh. And it was amazing that he could do – a podcast from where he was internet is so sporadic but for that some for some reason for that hour he was able to get on and uh, we did it from Papua New Guinea isn't that isn't that amazing what technology can do so phenomenal absolutely yeah so all right so I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself Juanita and uh you know and go ahead and tell everybody where you're from and and uh and your background a little bit and we're going to get started Yes, thank you so much, Mark. It's always so lovely to engage with you. I'm very happy to be here today. We have a lot in common and we always have conversation that flows. So I'm looking forward to this interview. My name is Juanita Kapp and I'm from South Africa. And I met Mark through AMA and the CLA. And uh, I have a podcast named Meticulous Moments through which I facilitate community upliftment through leadership development. So... And so there's a, a, a good time difference. So right now, right? So right now I'm in Georgia. It's nine o'clock in the morning in Georgia. What time is it in South Africa? It is 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Quite a difference. Yeah, quite a difference in 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 uh, in that. So what's so tell me about South Africa. I don't know much about it. So is it have weather like we do? Are you, is your winters different than than ours? Mm-hmm. How does that all look? Oh, we have lovely, lovely weather here in South Africa. I live between the mountains. So actually, I don't have just one, uh, four seasons. I actually just have two because it's summer. It's either very, very hot or it goes to the other extreme. It's very, very cold. So in spring, we technically have summer. And in fall, we technically already go into winter. So I'm happy because we just exited winter. But I think you're about to enter winter now. Yeah, it's been kind of nice here. So in California, we don't. I understand. My kids were just telling me that it's 
it's raining a little bit in California because it's been pretty dry for a while. And today and tomorrow, I think there's going to be hitting rain. But I've hit rain here in Georgia for the last couple of days. And it's kind of nice rain here. You know what I mean? It's where you can still roll your windows down while it's raining because it's just, you know, it's a little bit humid. But I've always enjoyed that. So, yeah, the weather down here has been awesome, too. So let's Absolutely. get started. Let's talk, let's talk about your, yeah. your podcast a little bit, what that is and, and the kind of guests that you have on and what, what, did, what direction did you do and how long have you had it? Yes. Uh, thank you so much, Mark. I've had it for a couple of months. I actually started formulating, you know, what I wanted to do with my business a few years ago. Uh, I started in 2013, but because of, of the full-time ministry, I was always so busy and occupied with the church work that I kind of always pushed it aside. And then 2020 happened and COVID struck and everything was closed. We were on lockdown. So that's where I really took a time of reflection and I decided I was really going to put uh, you know, the effort into my business. And with that, after all the traumatic things I went through in COVID, I uh, started the podcast because of the ministry. I've always been in leadership training and I've also given extensive training in the corporate world in the leadership arena. So I decided to start the podcast because I feel there's always been the, this chasm between the salted leaders and the upcoming young leaders. And I feel like COVID kind of made that bigger for us. We no longer had uh, you know, weekends where we went for team building, we were restricted because not everybody was able to go online. And we really are, you know, we fell behind on our projections for the leadership training. So that was something just born out of a heart of, you know, just wanting to bring community upliftment. And I speak to people from different fields of study. I have um, students that have started Eclipse Artificial Intelligence Business, they reached out to me. I'm going to interview them. I speak to pastors. I speak to uh, captains in the Navy. I have Desmond Walker coming in. Um, he was deployed, but he's now back. Authors, you name it, life coaches. So I really take all of those golden nuggets that we really uncover, and I put it out there, and I know the podcast will find the right people. Because there are upcoming young leaders that need that guidance, and that is what we are trying to bring them. So you did you did you start this during COVID? Is that what you're saying? That this was something I, that was born out of COVID, or your thought process was out of COVID? Yes, yes, it started to brew in my mind in COVID, and then I I started to formulate and put it together. I had a very rocky road in in COVID. Um, my, my mom passed away from stage four brain cancer. And uh, with the ministry that started failing due to the closed church, my marriage fell apart and I was busy with my master's, which thank God I was able to complete. Um, so when I, when I came back, I was able to reach my mom because we were on full lockdown and I lived nine hours away from where she lived. I actually gave her three weeks to live. And we were going to be on lockdown for three weeks. So I just asked the Lord, I said, God, please, just me, let me just reach her and say goodbye and let her remember me when I reach her. So God uh, made her, uh, gave her extended time. She ended up living more than three months and I could spend the last five days with her. And when I went to her, you know, when I came back after her words to me, uh, you know, on her deathbed, I just started to live with intention and I came back and I went, I love hiking, so I went up the mountain that I normally hike on, and there's a big rock that looks like a lion, and I sat on that rock, and I said, well, God, I don't have a father, I don't have family, 
it's you and me now, so what will we do? And that's where Meticulous Moments, the podcast was born. So I've been working at it, you know, formulating what really, how I want to shape it. And so the last few months, I just kicked off and started, and it's just been a lovely ride. So do you do so you do kind of live interviews like what we're doing here today? Is that correct? I don't do live. I do pre-recorded because of the time differences. Uh, wow. I work with people from all over the globe. So sometimes it's 2 a.m. in the morning and then we are only able to, to do an interview. So I pre-record and then I edit and I put it on all my social media platforms. Uh, so you pre-record, you pre-record yes. yours, and then uh, sometimes that's good anyway. You know, I've done a few of those pre-recordeds and then, uh, you know, live because some things, some things go go <laughs> live and 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 they go haywire. We had a rough yeah. one. Jesse, Jesse Cruz and I had a rough one because uh, his internet was so spotty. I was oh. like, oh man, it's just always so. Uh, it's just one of those things that that happened. You know, there's just no way getting around it. You know, when technology. You're, yeah, yeah. Jesse was that. also on my podcast. He's amazing, by the way. I love, love, love him. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a yeah, he's a good guy. I've I've met a lot of of good people through that that podcast. You know, it's it's hard. You know, I saw that yesterday. Even um, you know what was supposed to be a virtual event. It's very hard to compete with you know, to do a virtual event when you're able to be inside the house and have the energy was what they had. I mean, you saw the energy yeah. yesterday. That's yeah. really hard to compete with. And uh, it's almost impossible, uh, to be honest with you, yeah. to be able to try and get your point across virtually when there's when not everybody's even paying attention. But in see, you always have this live audience when you're competing live, even if it's yeah. five or six people. Right. It's, I agree. It's, just, uh, it's just a different it's just a different energy. It's I'm not surprised that not uh, one virtual person won uh, yesterday because you just can't you can't uh, you just cannot uh, compete with that at all. You know, I knew that watching it, you know what I mean? And I think the right guy yeah. won. I mean, it was it's it's amazing that the guy that's kind of doing God's work and he needed money. All of a sudden he wins. You know what I mean? It's just one of those one of those things that uh that that you just you, those spiritual things you can't i can't even put a a, a thing on yeah. I, I i've witnessed it so many times what when he when god shows up and at the right time and somebody needs some kind of money to to you know further some some young guys uh, along and then yeah. then that happened yesterday and it was it was, it was pretty awesome you know I, he's going to be on next week Oh, um, lovely. It was a blast. It was yeah. really a blast. Yeah. yeah I, I told him that, um, uh, you know, I've got some powerhouses that I want on this month too, right? I, I wanted you on because I wanted another international one. And uh, I wanted to get your input about, you know, what you what you felt about that yesterday as, as yeah. being, um, you know, a facilitator what it looked like from your side because you have to be totally engaged the whole time because you're kind of running the show is that was yeah. it hard was that hard to do being being a facilitator of a virtual event i absolutely enjoyed it you know i i had about a hundred tabs open and i i was logged in with my laptop and my phone 
because on the one end I'm talking to speakers and attendees on uh, Messenger, and on the other hand I'm on the chat within the Zoom. So and then you've got people coming in and out, and some people didn't, uh, you know, look in their junk folder or in their emails they couldn't find the connection email. So the speaker is going on, the chat is happening, someone's in Messenger, you know, someone is. Uh, calling me on the phone and then the audio goes away so <laughs> <laughs> it was just lovely what? it was an experience <laughs> right? and i was it, i was one of those i was one of those right i was because you were i'm asking you too and i'm like i know I'm, i know she's got a million questions coming at her and i gotta ask her a couple questions more i knew that that was quite a that's quite an undertaking i thought you guys did a wonderful job though yesterday I, even though that there's some kind of uh you know there's always a glitch when it yeah. comes to internet right there's always it's yeah. just and it never fails that it's at the, at the inappropriate times and and it's just one of those yeah. things that you have to go with and i think at 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 this point you know we know as uh um you know we know as facilitators yeah. it's, it's yeah. just what it is it is what it is it is what it is you make the best of it you wing it <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right yeah yeah i mean we in um in and uh jose says hi to us we have good a fa- morning jose. <laughs> yeah I, there it says facebook user so i'm not really sure who it is mike favors on too but Rock could stuff, be him. I don't yeah know. i'm not that yeah i'm not I, I i don't know who, yeah i don't know who to say hi to on on that um uh, or not so jose is uh you know jose came on my my show very early on I, and I told him yeah i told him we have to do another one now because he's he's yeah. totally different He's a totally different dude now uh, than what he was. Um, oh, he wonderful! Said, he said that, uh, because that's comments from Mike Favor. I knew it. He's <laughs> uh, it's it's good. Dennis is saying now uh, we got quite a few people popping on this morning. You know, hey, Dennis. after a long, uh, yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Michael Favor and I him and I him and I are, are kindred spirits. I know it. I, you know he's a no nonsense guy. Him and I are gonna have a he him and I are gonna have a fun talk. I, I can guarantee. Yeah, it. <laughs> it's gonna be badass. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be. Yeah, what my show's called Real Talk. It's gonna be some real talk that morning. I can yeah, so. I'll I will look forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for sure. So so we got into your now we got into your. So you said a couple things here in the beginning, right? And and mm-hmm. with your mom passing away, which is really hard. Um, yes. You know, you know, you've heard a lot of my stories. Death has been something that I've had to experience quite a bit in my school. I mean, I've I've yeah. more than I really care to. And then I had a, a very close nephew, my sister's uh, middle son, who was a firefighter. He died of brain cancer at oh. thirty-five years old and didn't see his last. Oh, he had oh. he had five. He has five children. And he didn't get to see his baby, his last baby girl before, um, before he passed away. And, um, that was, that was a very hard, that's still hard in my family. It's, it's changed Mm -hmm. my mother completely. And so, you know, dealing with that kind of brain cancer is this, and I think you've heard my story too. I wrote it in my book. He was a Marine that died of brain cancer also. And, you know, we watched him deteriorate. And uh, to the point where he can only communicate by squeezing hands where he mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't talk anymore. And yeah. then he's the one that has an autistic son that's um, blind and uh, nonverbal sitting mm-hmm. on, on a couch on the opposite side. He's the one I talk about quite often. I was in the room when he died and he was like uh, that child 
knew his dad died and how he knows that's the only way there's no way that there's not a spiritual connection when you see stuff like that i just just it's just impossible to to say that it's any other it's it's any other way so yeah i I, agree yeah so i i feel for you man that's a nasty that's a very nasty cancer and um uh, i've experienced that myself it's it sucks Right. It's, it's horrible. When I, it's yeah, horrible. It, it kind of, yeah, it kind of wrenched me when you said that. So your mom, it just brought back my memory of my nephew Cody and um, what he, yeah. had, you know, what he had to endure and, and leave five children behind. But you know, you know, what what's God's timing is not our timing, and, and mm-hmm. what His understanding is not our understanding. At some point, I, one I, day it will be. We're here for yeah. a short time, but we're going to be together for a long time. So it is what it is. You know Absolutely, I, mean? I agree completely. Awesome. So, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I yeah. so we were talking too that you know you know did you had a a rough patch that you said that uh, yeah. your marriage had fallen apart and and you were kind of working on what you know with your mom dying and that's a lot of stuff thrown at you and I think you do yeah. what most leaders do is they throw themselves into something you know you got two kinds of people they're going to throw themselves into despair and and depression. Or they're going yeah. to, okay, I'm going to make something out of my life experiences yes. to yes. help others. And I think, you know, I spoke about that yesterday, you know, living other people's mistakes help us not make our own. And it's a lot less painful for us. Right. And so. Absolutely. You know, and I encourage everybody to, you know, listen to what other people have to say, because it, it takes a lot of less stress off us as a, as a whole, for, for sure. So with this, now, did you, now your children, how many children do you have? Two. You have two children. So are yes. they, are they young adults? Are they young teenagers? Where are they at in life? My daughter is 19 and my son is 10. 19 and 10. Yeah. So you have an, a, a kind of a semi-adult. That's what I call mine. <laughs> of course, I call my 21-year-old semi-adult too. I told him you can be full adults when you fully, uh, take care of yourself then you are a <laughs> yeah. what what we, I would call a full adult they had uh we had, we had Michael I have I have a son that's married Michael my son's you know he's married and yeah. I've I've got the rest of my adult children at home with me and the how did that how does your podcast do they relate to anything in your podcast I get quite a, a few questions. I started my podcast really not because it's gotten a lot bigger than I ever expected it to be. And yeah. I thought that I thought, well, you know, the reason I started it and I didn't do live interviews like this. I, I did mostly yeah. audio in the beginning. Oh. I would speak about my, my journey, my, about my 75 hard and my, yeah. the weight loss and, and martial arts. And, and then I started the interview process and I was like, this is, this is kind of cool. And I started it to kind of have a legacy for my kids. That's why I did it. So when I'm mm-hmm. gone, they can go back and look at, um, you know, who I've interviewed and now we're a hundred plus strong in interviews and, and met some awesome people. And then the interviews wow. I have with them and I watch them even grow in life. Now it's almost like the martial <laughs> arts mat, right? It's like, Wow, when yeah. I interviewed him in the beginning, he's just a totally different animal now, right? <laughs> and uh it's it's just fun to watch. Now, how how do you have your how do you able to uh help this with your children? Do you feel it's a legacy for them? 
Well, first, before I answer that, I just want to say, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, telling your children they are semi-adults. If you really want to upset your 19, 20, 21-year-old, you can just tell them their brains only end up developing by the age of 24. <laughs> that gets them every time, so just as a joke. But, you know, I was in the ministry. I've been in the ministry for 15 years. My children were in the ministry with me, Mark. They saw so many things. They went through so many things. They saw the best side. They saw the worst side. We love doing everything together. We do martial arts together, all three of us. That's our family time. And, uh, you know, with, when it comes to work, um, I'd say my 19-year-old, she is. She doesn't like social media at all. She doesn't want to be involved with anything to do with the podcast. She's finding her feet. She's, you know, setting up her life. But my son always comes and asks me, who are you interviewing next? Who's this guy? Who's that lady? What do they do? So he's still young, you know. And uh, with them, I foresee my daughter going into, you know, starting her own business one day. But with my son, I can definitely say he's probably going to go study something, you know. But I think he's going to open his own dojo one day because that's one of our dreams. That's what we want to do. So he's a little bit more like me than she is. But it's all good. We make a lovely family structure and we have fun. Uh, she, she'd rather spend time with her friends. He and I, we jump in the car, we go hiking. So he's more... We're more the same, uh, but we always, of course, make uh, space for each other's differences. So we have fun, but I think with the exposure to the ministry and the people all the time, in every aspect, I think my daughter decided just to take a step back and to take a breather. Got it. Now, well, yeah. you says so in your ministry now, did when you say you've been in the ministry now, I, I read through your bio and it says that you sing. So I mean, do you yes, song do. write and do you sing write? Do you song? Do you write songs also? Do you sing? Was that what yeah. your? Is that where you you shined in the ministry? Were you more of a uh, on the musical side or what? Where were oh. you at inside the inside your church? Yes, yes. I started as a youth leader. Then I became a youth pastor. Then I started studying and I became an assistant pastor. Then I uh, continued my studies and I became an ordained pastor. So I'm an ordained pastor. But through the years, I've also been singing and songwriting and I've also led worship. I've uh, functioned in every single ministry in the church that you can think of. And what I love to do is I, use, I love to go to that part of the ministry, build it up, and then, uh, you know, facilitate leadership and discipleship in that area and give it over to someone else, delegate it over to someone else to run. But my love is for public speaking, preaching, and then doing worship. So do you did, did, so did you preach? Yes, I preach every Sunday. I can't even remember. I can count on my two hands the Sundays that I haven't preached in fifteen years. <laughs> ah, uh, so that was that. That's that. You know that part of it is what makes uh, you know, being able to public speak a lot a lot better. Yeah. But now, did you were you preaching virtually during COVID? I was. I took everything online. I did it do uh, visual sermons. I did audios. So I would record it and then I would cut it into smaller pieces because not everybody, uh, you know, had access to online only due to the fact that maybe they didn't have Wi-Fi at the time or they couldn't go out to get data. You know, it's, life is different in South Africa. So what I did, I knew everybody has WhatsApp. So I would go onto YouTube. I would download YouTube songs. 
and send it on WhatsApp. And also the, the audio files would be in, in little, uh, a few minutes at a time so that it could go over in a WhatsApp. So that's basically how we had church for a few months while everything was closed. Yeah, so did you find it harder to be online? With my area, I'd say it was harder. But it opened, on the other side, it opened up a whole new world virtually because I was never online. I used to work in the community, you know, do the footwork, go out. I'm old school. I love doing house visits. I would do house visits. I would be at the schools for openings and prayers. I would, I would always do a Christmas show at the end of the year. The whole town knew about our Christmas show. I would always celebrate Women's Day. So I was very involved with the people. I was never online. And when, uh, when everything went online, this, I started attending webinars. And this whole world just opened up. And I met all these wonderful people, including you and everyone from the CLA and the Armour. So... It, it, I think it added to my ministry a new element. I still love doing the footwork, but I think my reach is bigger now um, since it went online. So in South Africa, is English the main language? Or is it, yes. do, you, do you speak other languages or not? Yes, yes. Uh, English is the main language, but I speak Afrikaans and a little bit of Tosa as well. So yeah, that's 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 interesting to me because I, I do I I have never, uh, I guess I've just not not known much about it. You know what I mean? So that I mean, part of that is is already, uh, you know, awesome to think. Now, have you were you born and raised there, or did you move there? No, I was born and raised. I had a pure South African upbringing. I grew up, I, I was born in uh, Lutrichard and I grew up in the Seidbansberg Mountain. So my mother and my grandfather and my mother, I never had a, uh, my grandmother and my grandfather, I never had a dad. We lived on game farms. So I remember as a little child that people from all over the globe would come hunting and they would hunt the buck and they would let us skin the buck for them. And we dry the skins for them and, you know, prepare the meat and, and everything. And it was a sport. And I met a lot of people, you know, when I was a small child. So I had a wonderful, we, we were in the bush. Uh, we were on buckies. We learned how to shoot when we were young. You know, we could track animals. And it was like purely, you can't get more South African than that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. All right. So you've, you've. <laughs> You've <laughs> you talking about that? That's just so weird. I last night we were at a Low Country Boil, and uh, yeah, I've got I've got a, a couple friends that are down here also uh, that are that are visiting, and they just went uh, deer hunting last night, and he caught oh you know, wow, he, yeah, he got two deer last night, so it's the same thing. <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, they just they yeah uh, they did that. We sent them to the processor, which is yeah pretty awesome that you've done um so you've skinned them you've processed meat yes and i can just see you with your bloody knife yeah yeah the voice doesn't it doesn't match that but you know i don't know yeah you never know you, you never know you never know. I, I say that all the time. Never judge a book by its cover because they can probably cut you open anyway. 
Um, yeah, my sensor always says uh, no one would ever expect me walking down the street, <laughs> and mm -hmm. if they want to attack me, they're going to get the surprise of the their best. life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so you said that you've always had a dream, right, to have a martial arts school. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think you've heard, probably heard my story. You know, I started my martial arts school as a ministry. That's what we did. We started at church. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. If that dream comes true, that's what you guys want to do is have a martial arts school. Yeah. You're going to reach more people in that martial arts school than you ever did in church. It's the weirdest thing I that, that I have. I, it's the weirdest thing because you meet, kind of meet people where they are in, yeah. in that setting. You know, it's it's very intimate setting, as you know, because you're the yeah. instructor and you are and you have you have their interest and their family in mind. And I can't tell you how many people, you know, I don't preach while I'm there, but certainly people know where I stand. And when they need something, they'll come to my office and, and mm -hmm. we, we'll speak about it. I, I've, I've reached more people in a martial arts school than, you know, than I ever did in church. And I so it's, just been, uh, it's going to be one of those things that, you know, you know, I think that's the beauty of a martial arts. You know, my church is the same way, you know. You're welcome before you belong, right? And like some people mm -hmm. are just kind of, they're mm -hmm. fishing. They're fishing yeah. around and it's like you need to meet people where they are. Then you need to allow them to belong, right, in, in yeah. the setting, you know, before they believe sometimes. So it's mm -hmm. it's been a, it's, having that is going to be something else. Now let's talk about your martial arts. Where When did you start that? When did you start your training? Six years ago, and I haven't looked back. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's just been a journey. You know, Mark, it changes you. It changes your outlook on life. And uh, it's just the best thing that could have ever happened to me. So so six years in, now, What what is it you study? Is it a Shotokan system that you're studying? Yes, well, we do a lot of various uh, forms in the dojo. We do Sharon Rukarate, so that's the kata and the kumite. That's what that's what we compete in, but that's very small to what we do the rest of the year. Uh, we compete, but and we practice a few months before the nationals. But that's not the only thing we do. We learn the bunkai of the kata. We know what the move means and why, uh, you know, how it's going to affect the opponent, opponent and how to properly do it and why you are doing it. And then we also do weapons, bladed and wooden. And I love jiu-jitsu. I know some people are not very fond of jiu-jitsu because of the close proximity. I know if people have, a, you know, an issue with closeness with other people, that might be interference. But I love jiu-jitsu. We do grappling. That's how when we start on uh, standing, and then we do MMA as well, and kickboxing and boxing because those two are two things are different. And then a lot of fitness and kick, uh, self defense, of course. So, so you have a a which is awesome, by the way, because I think my you know I have a my traditional background is Tongsudo, which is a Korean system, oh, and yeah, that's where that's where I started. The Chuck Norris system is where my my highest rank lies. And so I started in a traditional style. That is, wow. um, I think that, I think that when it comes to 
when I'm listening to you say, and I love jujitsu, but then again, I like to get up and personal because that's yes. what self-defense <laughs> is all about. Yeah. Because when you, when you have to defend yourself, trust me on this, you are going to be up and personal. Yeah. <laughs> Violence is you up can't and personal. Throw I can someone from the... that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. That is true. So it's good to know that I hear that you are, um, uh, you know, that you, you, that you got some ground and, a lot of females don't not not big on it that's for sure but i think yeah. it's super important that they that they um they learn something because mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. believe it or not you can defend yourself from down there you know you don't want to be yeah. down there all the whole time but you can certainly defend yourself yeah. from down there which is an awesome thing so yeah. it's good to hear that you've done some some mma now have you now have you black belted yet or where are you at in your training I was already going to be black belt by now, but because of the COVID, we are two years behind. So we never stopped training, but for those two years, we stopped grading. And we also didn't have, uh, you know, our nationals and everything. So COVID kind of put that back. So I'm on purple two now, uh, which leads to brown, which leads to black. So if it wasn't for COVID, we would have been there already. But luckily, we could train online during the COVID. And I have my own little gym slash dojo here at home. So in addition to the online classes that we had during lockdown, the kids and I also trained even more, I'd say, than before. Because not only did we have more time, but we realized, you know, you can either sit down and give up or you can just get up and, and, and perfect your skills. So, uh, yeah. It uh, almost there. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty unique for us. Also, you know, I we we went online right away. We yeah. we were down for maybe four or five days, and within four or five days, we had a website up that people could log into, and we were live wow. doing live classes. Now that was a the reason I I you know the compliments to you guys the other day. I'm going to tell you right now that during COVID, teaching a class. I'm pretty animated on the mat and I'm pretty intense on the mat Yeah. and trying to, and, but I, I, I command a presence when you're in, when you're, when you're face yes. to face, Yeah. when you are, when you are live and you are virtual yes. and the mic is muted and mom's in the kitchen cooking dinner <laughs> and yelling at him about one thing, the me trying to keep everybody focused when you've got a screen yeah. of 30 kids in class and they're yeah. they're half in and half out is just uh, it was so hard, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I was exhausted teaching virtual classes. It I took a imagine. lot out of me. It took so much out of me because I'm like I'm still like let's go, man. It's your burpees, and I'm and I'm yeah, you know I'm like Jojo, stop goofing around. Jojo, leave the dog alone. And then you're over here, and man, I'm just like I'm losing it, right? And I had so much, it took me so much energy. I was like, man, I can't do back to back to back. So I had to have, you know, we had to take shifts. Yeah. And then, but we did test. So what we ended up doing, what we ended up doing with Zoom was pretty unique. What we would do is I'd have a six or seven of my black belts. Yeah. And I said, okay, we're going to do testing. And what we're going to do is do breakout rooms. Like uh, what what zooms you know how you can break out in Zoom rooms, right? Yeah, yeah. I said so. You know, instructor here, like you know, my son Mikey. I said, Mikey, you're going to have this group. I'm going to have this group. I'm going to have this group, and we'd break it down to about four kids per seven people online breakout rooms. 
They tested. We've come back together. We congratulate. And then we would drive around town and drop off their belts and their wow. and their ranks and their certificates. Yeah. And then wow. uh, we would have a belt presentation where the parents and everybody would tie their belts on. And we just we just kept getting after it. That's how we did it. That's how we survived uh, COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And- I'm so happy that you did that because we were set back for two years uh but luckily, we could continue. But I agree with you on the breakout rooms. I mean, you you are in the live classes, Morph. You know, even if they the little ones are in the live class, you know, you're teaching. And when you look back, one of them has just uh, sat down and he's busy <laughs> playing with his belt. <laughs> so I can a, just imagine. <laughs> it was such a it was it was such a nightmare. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I, I broke out, you know, I, I tried to be very innovative on, on COVID. And so one, one thing I yeah. would do is I would do virtual mit, mit class. And what I would do, uh, I, I would, I would get in front of the camera and I would have focus mitts on and I said, okay, we're going to work these now. And, yeah. um, so I, I'm making sure my hands are proper. Like I'd have to be switching yeah. feet. So I'd have to be South Paul so people could hit yes. right. Yeah. And so they I would call you. Up, right. I would say, okay, get in front of the camera. And I would have 30 people in class. And like, I'm the one holding pads for you. And I would say, let's go right, straight, left hook, right, right, straight, left yeah. hook, right, straight. <laughs> okay. Double right straights. And and I would let them hit pads with me. Bop, 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 bop. And, and I tried to be so innovative on, on what it was like and be motivated. It was, it was, um, it was a challenge, mm. but you know what? As as hard and as much as I bitch and moan about it, it it's I, can you imagine not having it? You know that would have sucked because we we wouldn't Absolutely. have anyway. We couldn't have did anything. Pretty soon the yeah. parks opened, and then we were holding class in the parks. We were yes, doing well. I mean, we were doing Kramagat testing in the parks, on the grass, getting after it. You know, just yeah. you know. Uh, when we had to wear masks, we'd wear a mask. If we didn't have to yeah. wear a mask, we you know we didn't wear them and just people would catch COVID and then they, you know, we would all rally back mask, together. <laughs> so it was just, I don't know. It was just. Uh, it was I, challenging for me in COVID to go to class with that mask. I have to tell you, because I mean, you know, you get tired and you're sucking air and this, this mask is on your face all the time. It was really challenging for me. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't stand it. You know, in California, it was really hard because what they would do yeah. is they would give you a little you, – we have different things. L.A. is the worst, right? And that just happens oh. to be where one of my schools are. We have an L.A. school, and I have a Vin- – yeah. what's called a Ventura County, even though they're 15 minutes out. It's a totally different county. And yeah. so they would they would say, okay, you guys, were good to go. No masks. And then within a week, they're like – Oh, we're going to shut you down and you're going to have to have a mask on. And that came to a point where I'm like, you know what? We're going to have a cleansing. The ones that want to stick around, stick around. The ones that don't, don't. I bought black curtains. I put black curtains up in my studio and I said, we're having class. Good. And if you want to wear a mask, you're welcome to. And if you don't want to wear a mask, you're welcome to. Okay. Yeah. If I'm doing private lessons and you're more comfortable with me, I'll respect you. Even though mm-hmm. I don't want to wear it, I would respect those and yeah. and do it. But it was a nightmare to oh, get through. I know. And, I and agree. <laughs> from a business perspective, 
my big school, I'm lucky that I own the property because, you know, that's, I didn't have a landlords looming over me mm. uh, to, yeah. to, you know, either collect or you know, I'm going to sure. owe uh, uh, thousands and thousands of dollars at the end of the day. So it was, uh, God for that. yeah, it was a rough thing. So, you know, knowing that you want to have a school one day, I think that, you know, when you're going to notice that when you, you become, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, I'm a beacon of light in my, in my town, you know, I've been around for so long. I'm kind of part of the furniture, right? You know, it would be weird yeah. not to have the studio. In town. It would, it, that, that would, that would not be well for people. They would. Yes, would, absolutely. It's just a, it's just a weird phenomenon. I, I don't know why it is. People have a weird thing about martial arts anyway, right? They think that there's two things. Oh, you can seriously <laughs> kick ass or you are super disciplined. One of the two things yeah. are what everybody thinks. And uh, yeah. a lot of people think I can't do it. And having a strong woman, I'm going to tell you right now that having a, a strong female yeah. inside your school yes. is, is imperative for growth of other, other women. Uh, wow. men, men can't grow the women as well as women can. You know what I mean? We, mm -hmm. and, I agree. And I don't know what you think about this. Now you're being a female. I'll ask you this question. You know, I, I've yeah. often spoke about my shortcomings. Uh, it went, once I first started martial arts, um, I did not really like taking from females. I didn't like taking class. I was super yeah. alpha dog. And, uh, <laughs> you know, wherever my instructor was, I drive to the other school to make sure I can take class. And yeah, and it was, I remember, I think this is really good for you to talk to other women. I, I talk to men quite often about my shortcomings as far as it, it, this goes, but I remember her vividly. I, I was in a, in a test as a low rank. I was such a young guy in my twenties and it happened to be my brother-in-law and man, I whooped, I whooped on him pretty good in this test. And I remember the female instructor stopping class and pulling me in the office and saying, would you like to do, would you like me to do that to you? And I remember vividly in my head going, you couldn't do that to me on your best day. Right. I remember this vividly. Right. Uh, I didn't tell her that, but in my head, I'm like, that would be the last fight yeah. you have. Right. And, uh, I love I, that. I just totally remember it. And I said, no, ma'am. And da da da, because I didn't want to really be kicked out of the studio, but, I, you know, when I look back at when she asked me, I was like, you know, she wasn't like challenging me. Yeah. She was asking me the question, mm -hmm. would I like to, because there was plenty of people, plenty of guys. Yeah. I wasn't the, uh, I wasn't the that baddest anyone. man on the, on the planet, <laughs> trust me. And, uh, there was plenty of men in there that could, could give me a run for my money. Yeah. And, I, you know, she was very formative at this point, you know, we're very good friends today, but we've spoke it about. So what's your yeah. feel as being a female in, in the, in a school, is it intimidating for you? Do you find that men have a hard time uh, taking from you? Not at all. Not at all. I think in the beginning when I started, 
you know, it was a little bit uh, odd for me because it is a male environment. It's a male-driven environment. But our sensei is very accommodating. We actually have this rule at the dojo. When you enter the dojo, there's no male or female. You are a karateka. So I actually fight males at the dojo. I've had plenty of black eyes and bloody noses. I remember once I kicked, we did kickboxing, and I kicked my opponent's elbow. <laughs> And no. I had a tennis ball on my ankle for a month. <laughs> so now we get the real there. We, we fight hard. We, we go full contact most of the year. And then, of course, when we go for tournaments, I mean, when full contact is here, tournaments is more there. But you can't do self-defense. I mean, tournaments is pretty. You know, they're pretty. What you do, the cutter is pretty and the weapons are pretty. But uh, when you do... Uh, full contact you can't defend yourself from here you'll get punched in the face and you'll be knocked out so we do full contact mma most of the year but we i fight men and i enjoy it you know i'm i've got a high pain threshold so um i love it and uh, it's just helped me grow but i've never encountered opposition at the dojo because i'm a female i'm a tomboy at heart I grew up as a tomboy, so I guess the guys see me as one of the guys. You know, they see me as one of the karateka. They don't look at me as a female. <laughs> that well, you know what the, the the hardcore females in school. You are right. I tell them a lot of times. Some of the women have bigger testicles than some of the guys, uh, and, and I use a more a much more colorful word than that. Trust yes. me. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I've seen the same thing. I've got some girls that are, are bad to the bone. My girl, my my girlfriend, yeah. Kat, yeah. she is a she's a she's she's a force to be reckoned with. And yeah, well. so it's I've always kind of get the perspective because I I personally and you're right about that, you know, tournaments, tournament fighting and 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 kata and stuff like that. Kata's nice and pretty and and uh yeah. tournament fighting, there's rules. You know, when it comes yes. to the street, uh, there are no rules. No rules. Uh, well, there's one rule. <laughs> the one rule is to go home safe. And, yes. <laughs> and and the other rule I tell everybody, if you're fighting fair on the street, you ain't fighting. You know? Yes, absolutely. So, there is no fair fights on the street. So anything is open. Yeah. So, you know, it, it encourages me to hear that you have a school that is uh, has a traditional background, but um it yeah. doesn't mind kicking a little ass at the same time and making sure things are real. Uh, I think that Absolutely. is a, I think that is a awesome, awesome type of school. Sounds like the kind of instructor I that's right up my alley for sure. So that's good. Well, I'll tell you what, you're coming on January 6th, right? I am. I can't wait. Yes, you are going to be there live. Is that right on that one? I am. I am going to be okay. there live. Looking forward to it. So I have told them I'm coming in a day early and I've told the women, I said, Hey, if you want yeah. me to hold the small women's self-defense class, I yeah. said, I'll do it. But what you need to do is probably be there with me. So I, you know, oh, me yeah. watching, watching me slam bags and, and knee people isn't yeah. as impressive as having a female in a female class do it. You know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, watching somebody like me uh, lift people up with their, you know, in a, or a hook punch uh, into the bags, yes. you know, with power isn't is, is, awesome as it is with you but i will definitely be having i will have my gear with me for sure awesome. and uh awesome. and make sure you bring your bring your uniform because uh yes i will i will i'll be your guinea pig we can do you yes, can slam me awesome. and throw me i know how to fall <laughs> well, well. 
it's not as impressive when I'm slamming women all over the mat. It'd be better you if can. you slam me around uh, than, okay. me slamming oh, you, you. than me slamming <laughs> you around. People are going to look at me and go, look at this big jerk. Like, wow, big deal. You, you know, you've, you've picked up the young blonde and, uh, and thrown her on the mat. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah. we'll have fun I, i've done that i well listen it, it's a rough it's a rough business right because yeah. when you fight women when you got to go against a woman uh-huh in fighting i learned this and i tell my guys this all the time you know you're respectful yeah. of the females in class okay yeah you know there's no reason to be knocking their teeth out or whatever you can yeah. put pressure on them and stuff like that but there's no reason to mm-hmm. be knocking mm-hmm. teeth out and yeah. you know, trying to man up and and stuff like that. But on the same token, okay, yeah. if uh, <laughs> if, you, if when they go to hitting you, yeah, you hit back. You know, I said, I said, I cannot tell you how many times I took some shots because they're girls, and mm-hmm. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not gonna hit the girl. I'm not gonna hit. And then she wails off and round kicks me in the face. You know, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, no, you're gonna, you're gonna have, you know, I'm like, you're gonna have one of those. <laughs> the next one is not gonna be so pleasant. Trust uh-huh. me. And uh, I love it. <laughs> you know, and so you know, I, I give it, I really give it, uh, you know, a lot of respect to having you out there, and I, that'd be good. I'll be having my mitts too, and bring your stuff, awesome. bring your jujitsu uniform yeah. if you got it. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be gone for four days. So if you want to put some rounds in on the ground and let me help you a little bit on your yeah. jujitsu, I will be awesome. That would be, it, be awesome to do that. You know, we'll. Uh, yeah. If we know, can we'll get, get mats, we can do a jujitsu demonstration, you know, or, or we can even do it if it's a if it's a wooden floor or something. And yeah. I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, bringing it because you're not going to let someone, even if it's a lady, just keep punching you in the face who likes to be punched in the face no one well, I do like I, unfortunately <laughs> i do like it a little bit i do <laughs> i do eat it up like uh, i do eat it up like candy uh to get punched <laughs> a little bit and, yeah uh you know so yes that's one of those things that if kathy's going <laughs> my if my girl's going to to get <laughs> You know, once in a while we'll go and she's got doctor's appointment says, have you ever been hit? She goes, how do I exactly answer that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, said, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you, you're getting mm-hmm. black eyes and bloody lips. It is what it is, man. It's uh, yeah, but yeah, we're going to have some know, fun, but yeah, that's body conditioning, Mark. I mean, we have to have those uh, pain is the best teacher. And, uh, you know, us women, we might be small, but we are fast. And at the dojo, yeah, we, we've got a saying, you go hard or you go home. So going hard, there's going to be a blue eye or a cracked lip or an ankle with a tennis ball on it. <laughs> we are going to have so much fun. Uh, the women in my school are just like this, okay? They're freaking animals, right? And, uh, you know, I don't know if people know this, but the honey badger is the, the meanest animal on the planet and when women yeah. become honey badgers you know they just have wow. no quit and and i tell yeah. my guys all the time i said do not discount females because the thing about females yeah. guys kind of have a code if we're fighting mm-hmm. you know yeah. we have a code hey listen i'm not going to hit you in the balls that much okay and or <laughs> or uh we get the best of each other right we get the best of each other and then uh, you know, we'll shake hands and uh, I tell them all the time, women have no code. They do not yeah. care. They will go hard <laughs> on you 
and they have no yeah. code for women either. They'll go hard mm-hmm. on women too. Yes. They got zero True. code. And I said they have to be they have to be able to fight. It's just what they have to yeah. be able to do. And you've seen yeah. it or you've heard it, right, uh, Juanita? How many of these women have uh, in the CLA and 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 the AMA? How yeah. many have had you know trauma, right? Yeah. And I, and I just it just I'm just like wow. Or how many of these these yeah. poor female, uh, you know, with our kids that got killed by, you know, having a gun pulled on them. If they would have had just yeah. a, an hour class, one hour. Something yeah, just have, to take it away. Yeah. You know, yeah. something could have been been different. And it it just, uh, you know, uh, I think like I said true. it yesterday. I, I just believe yeah. everybody should have some kind of martial arts understanding. And I know a lot of people won't want to start martial arts because, you know, just what you're talking about, you know, the people are yes. like, man, I'm not going to go and get bloodied up and messed up. And, and, you know, that doesn't happen out of the gate, right? It's not like that yeah. out of the gate. Every you know reason. what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's, there's, there's different stages you go to. And when you're I ready for that stage, you'll be ready for it. That's what I tell yeah. everybody. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I hear two things. Well, I don't want to get hit and I don't want to be injured. I said, nobody wants to be injured. We're not having yeah. UFC contracts in here, okay? We're not. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here to protect you through the process. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're relatively young in the martial arts world, but back in the days when we when I, I started in, yeah. my, in the early 80s, I mean, it was blood and guts era of the 70s. They were no gloves. Era. There was no gloves. Then yeah. there became uh, knuckle gloves with uh, duct tape around them. So yeah, now the duct, the duct tape's cutting you on top of it. And... <laughs> You know, it was it was hardcore um, fighting, and it wasn't mm-hmm. really. You know, it wasn't like it is today, where you're getting taught how to yeah. right, taught how to fight. You just you either fight, mm-hmm. um, or you're a wuss and you don't show back up. You know, that's just how it was, and unfortunately, we lost a lot of good people because we just kind of yeah. beat, them of, beat them out of the studio. You yeah. know what I mean? That was yeah. that, that's an unfortunate thing that happens, but it's um, yeah. It's it's good to hear. Yeah, we're we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun. So it sounds like you you know Yay. your martial arts is something that that uh, that you really like. Now, how do you like tournaments? I like tournaments. I I go to them because it's a part of my growth. I'm not a professional person that competes. I'm still very new in the competition side. Um, but I want to do it. I want to do martial arts forever. You know so. Competition is a part of the development. I like uh, competitions, but it's not my focus always. So I think it's a it's a valuable part, but it's a small part of what we do. And you know, to relate to what you were saying, people think we go to the dojo because we want to beat people up, and that's not true. Martial artists will rather turn away from a fight and walk away because we know we can hurt someone. But you know, if someone uh, picks a fight with me, I'm not going to fight them. But if they put me in a corner, I'm going to hurt them. So it's just about defending yourself. So it's it's very big. It's very wide. You know, it's the physical side. Then mentally, it makes us very strong. I mean, we have bouts where we do six inches. You know, it, it mentally puts us in a space to give you perseverance. And then competition side is another part. It helps you not to have performance anxiety and to really work on your mindset. So I love competitions. But I don't think um, we've really had momentum with that because we went in 2019, then we were down for two years, and then we went this year. So we kind of, you know, the ball is still kind of rolling. But we had a lovely tournament again this year. So love it, but it's it's only a small part of what we do. 
Yeah, it's it's good that you put yourself out there. You know, I've told everybody, you know, competitions, it's a very long day. It's a long day of waiting oh, yes. for uh, two minutes of work. And then yeah. uh, if, if you're fighting and you get eliminated in the first 20, 30 seconds, yeah. You wasted your whole day, your hundred dollars, and uh, you know, and you go home uh, a loser. So uh, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I competed uh, so much when I was in traditional karate. Right now, I'm trying to compete. I'm trying to go yeah. down a weight bracket because I want to compete in jujitsu, but it's very oh. hard to it's very hard to find sixty year olds. I'm sixty one, so it's very hard to find sixty one year olds that want to get down. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're in their wheelchairs or what, but I mean, I'm like, <laughs> we can't find like one or they're two guys. <laughs> I can't be the only one that's like, you know, wanting to get after it. And so, yeah. It, and I think that, you know, tournaments always push me to a level, you know, you know, yeah. I never knew what I could be <laughs> until I was up against somebody else. You know? And I mm -hmm. like to go on up against somebody else that's better than me because I want to be pushed. I don't want to be. I don't want to have the easy way out. So I think that competition, yeah. I tell parents this all the time. I said, winning is a special thing. Winning is special and yeah. not everybody wins. And when you don't win and you train to win and then you win, that's winning is a special thing. And it only, mm -hmm. and, it, and it, and it can't be our participation thing. If you're going to yeah. win, you got to get after it and you got to win. You got to get it. Yeah. And so I also I think, like doing all styles, uh, tournaments, they're the best because I mean, then Mark, you're against people that are kickboxers professionally and these ones specializes in jujitsu and the all styles are just, I love those. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah. It's really good. I'm, 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 it's, I'm now that I got to know you a little bit more, I'm pleased to, to hear, you know, I always, um, you know, there's so many studios. I've been around for so long, and I've seen so many in and outs. And and I my yeah. my reputation is uh, I'm just a hard charger. I always have been. That's the reputation yeah. of my students. That's the reputation of my school. You know, I'm a self defense based instructor, yeah. even though I do a traditional style. You know, Krav Maga is super. I don't even call Krav Maga self defense. I call it self offense because it's nothing but getting yeah. after it. And yes, you're, you're listening to your mindset. I think is is really well well suited just coming from uh some uh you know somebody that's been a black belt for a long time listening to you speak about you correct most yeah. martial artists are going to walk away from a fight i do it all yes. the time because i have yeah. a i don't have a fear of the fight i have mm -hmm. a fear of what's what i can the lose damage. right yeah. and the aftermath of what's about to come down if i hit yeah. you and you hit yeah. your head and, and something happens away. to you, what yeah. is that going to look like in my life? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you yeah. worth mm -hmm. this time? And I think you're 100% right. Now, you push me up against the corner, and it's it's do or die. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, if oh, we're going to yes. be in the, you know, if one of us is going to win, and if it's not going to be me, you will be in the hospital bed right next to me. Trust me on that. Oh, yes. And this is the mindset oh, yes. that I hope my students have, too. And it sounds like that's what you that's what you have. It sounds like you got a good passion for the martial arts. It's right that, so <laughs> i love so it we, we have, have fun <laughs> we have several so yeah and, and then people are i know people are listening going didn't she say she was a pastor and i said you know yes uh, i am and so i said i said well sometimes you're a pastor sometimes you're a master it just depends yeah. on what what it is sometimes you need a hug sometimes you need a headlock it all just depends yeah. on the person Choke you, know you out I mean? of it 
That's it. So, Rianica strangled. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I got a lot of that too coming up, Dean in the church and people thinking it's violent. Yeah. I said, it's so not violent. Yes. When when you I get mean. pushed, you know, when violence comes, it, you know, violence has to be met with violence. It can't be met yes. with, uh, with, with, uh, a, yes. a guitar singing Kumbaya. It just can't. Yeah. And, absolutely so that's definitely absolutely. that's definitely up the alley so well yeah. i think that uh yeah we're already charming on an hour going in so i wow. think um we need to well I, I like you to do towards the end of my thing i'm gonna have you end it with yeah. uh, some thoughts about what your you know your thought process your thought about about life and about everything else yeah so why don't you go ahead and do that Absolutely, yes. Thank you so much for everybody that has joined us. Mark, thank you for inviting me onto your platform. We are going to have loads of fun in January. I can't wait to learn some Krav Maga from you. I've never done that before, so looking forward to that. Um, I just want to leave the audience with the following. You know, um, Have you ever seen a child in a movie standing with their hand close to a very expensive vase and they just want to tip it over and their parents are standing there and they say, don't you dare. And that naughty child looks at that parent and he bumps that vase over. And I, I think, you know, I want to share a don't you dare moment with the audience today. And it's not going to be a confrontational one or a reprimanding one. It's going to be a motivational one. I want to tell the audience today, if you are running a race in life and you get tired, don't you dare sit down. You can run a little bit slower. You can stand a little bit. You can catch your breath. But don't you dare sit down because to get that momentum back is going to be so much harder. If you're a martial artist, whatever you do, if you are facing an obstacle right now and you feel like you just can't go on, just take it slower. Take a break. Just taking a break doesn't mean you're giving up. But see my face showing you this and saying, don't you dare ever sit down because nothing that you face is, is uh, not, uh, you know, there's always an answer for things that you face. There's nothing that is too big for you. There's nothing that you can't figure out. We are leaders. We are problem solvers. And don't you dare believe that there's only one answer to a question. There's multiple ways to figure something out. We do jiu-jitsu, Mark and I, we anticipate moves. We know there's various ways of getting out of difficult positions. There's always a way out. If something is weighing on you, I was at an all-stars tournament, and I thought we didn't do weight that day, you know, weight classifications, and I fought a very big lady, and she fell on me. And it felt like the world had come down. And let me tell you, I got out of it because there's always a way to get out of something. There's not just one way to solve a problem. So see me. If you want to give up, you see my face telling you, don't you dare sit down. Just keep going and uh, you'll figure it out eventually. Just go with the flow and enjoy life. Thank you, Mark. That was such an awesome way of ending it. What a great hour I had, uh, Juanita. This will be up. I'll, I'll be. Uh, I'll uh, edit it tonight. It'll be up audio version too, so you can share it on your platform. Thank you for this hour. It was a blessing to me. Thank we'll you, Mark. You. You're amazing. See you in June. <laughs> Bye. See ya. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss 
and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review and tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at markcox.com. Till next time, keep it real.